This is delicious, honey. A little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's, the it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Okay. With those holiday greetings and survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity. Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? <laughs> St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. Hello, our patrons, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you are celebrating this season. Uh, we have a little treat for you for your stocking on the 25th, which is our bonus episode. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Steenian, joined once again by Lindsay Travis. And Lindsay, what? And this is your first patron with us. This is my first patron episode, which I'm very excited about. Um, also, because I've been saying like patron, Patreon wrong for a really long time. So, so which is it? I use them interchangeably. So I think it's like a patron is the subscriber and a Patreon is the system, but I was okay. calling it 
Patreon, which is so wrong, but it was like one of those words I never said out loud. And then right. as soon as I did, I was like, oh, I think I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, I mean, Patreon's a made up word, so mm-hmm. it's kind of making it difficult for everybody. You know, honest mistake. Yeah, is it? <laughs> um, so we are here to talk about the 2015 holiday, I don't know if classic is the right word quite yet, but holiday horror movie Krampus. Directed by Michael Dory. Yeah, um, one that I'm very excited to talk about because, I mean, there's definitely a lot of new holiday horror people love Anna and the Apocalypse and things mm-hmm. like that. But I feel like Krampus kind of has the potential to go all the way mm-hmm. and be like a classic holiday horror. And it's pretty new, which I think is kind of exciting. What would you say right now? Because there is, I would say, aside from Halloween, which is your obvious choice, like, Christmas themed horror is pretty big like there are a lot of movies and I think obviously Bob Clark's Black Christmas probably being the most notable example um there's but there's a lot of stuff like the Silent Deadly Night series yeah Silent Night Deadly Night um there's Gremlins um depending who you are Batman Returns Mm -hmm. um yeah, and in the apocalypse. I'm trying to think. I recently like curated a holiday horror playlist, and I already forgot. Someone the other day included Eyes Wide Shut, and I was like, I guess okay, like all right. I don't think so. Like sure, yeah. I would, I would throw maybe like Home Alone two in there because yeah, it's in the, it's in there. Such a sociopath in that movie. It's, like yeah, the it goes from being funny to scary at a certain point. Kevin, Kevin just what's that? he's a proto jigsaw he really is he is there's we you know we need to talk about kevin McAllister. basically yeah, yeah. um yeah. so definitely a very exciting genre one that i'm very excited about actually a really fun anecdote that i always think is really funny mm-hmm. but every time i share it people are like it's not that funny um but um one of my most recent jobs my boss was just this like very sweet lovely tiny blonde woman mm-hmm. and it was christmas time and she was all excited um and um for those who don't know i'm jewish which is part of what makes this this moment really funny was we were on a very open sales floor and we were talking about what we were going to do for the holidays and i was like oh i've got like a holiday horror thing lined up and she shouted at me, you already have your own holiday. Stop trying to ruin ours. Wow. Oh, wow. Was <laughs> like, she being facetious or was she? No, but it was so was funny angry? because like everyone thought she was like being like anti-Semitic by being like, you have your own holiday. Stop trying to ruin ours. But really she was talking about Halloween. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because she's like not into horror stuff. But because yeah, I immediately went to Halloween as well. Like, okay. Right. So I like, she had no idea what she'd just done. And she shouted it super loudly in this middle, like of this like open floor space. And it was like right after Halloween when I was like, you know, it's pretty close to Halloween where mm-hmm. I've been talking about horror stuff in front of her and she's like not into it at all. So she was very much like, please shut up about horror. So she like shouted that at me. And then I had to turn around and be like, she's talking about Halloween. She's talking about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like, God. Everyone thought that she was just like saying. Or she turned like the whole floor into a hate crime at that yeah, point. Yeah. Wow. I was like, she means scary movies. That's what we're talking about. Well, it's funny it because really like. funny. Because um, she like did not know what she'd done. Well, that's really bad. Um, and there's like a ton of like good like French horror movies. Like there's Shaitan which mm-hmm. is really fucked up like with Vincent Cassell like that's a weird strange bizarre movie uh Cavalier I think is oh I don't know I don't know if Christmas French 
I'm just thinking, as you said, French, I was thinking, oh yeah, foreign films, what rare exports? Is another rare exports. Or I haven't watched, I started to, I put it on last night in the background. I'm like, I'll watch this. And then I was so tired that I'm like, eh, I really want to devote some energy okay. to it. So I'm going to maybe like try that this afternoon. There's actually a movie, if you are into rare exports, there's a movie that came out, it did not do super well. Oh gosh, its name escapes me. Um, I'm actually going to look it up because I think it's worth mentioning. Is but it the same. Hmm? Is it Caddyshack? No. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Nice. But imagine, I was like, yes, it, it is. It is. Um, so the same director who made Rare Exports with the same kid, mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's Ani is the kid's name, made a movie called Big Game in 2014. Uh, so it's like the same little kid, Ani Tamila. Mm -hmm. um, and the same director and it's uh, Samuel Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. And the, it's like Samuel L. Jackson uh, is the president and Air Force One crashes over Sweden. And this, they're like being hunted. Like it's like crashed on purpose and they're being hunted. And this like little boy, the rare export kid. Yeah, no, like by, that's just like where they crash land. And so this okay. little boy who's like of the woods and good with mm -hmm. like a bow and arrow um saves him and like helps protect Samuel L. Jackson the president in the woods and it's just like really fun um that and it didn't get incredible. a lot of attention so if people are into rare exports that's another and it's English language uh, also because of Samuel L. Jackson so I don't think Samuel L. Jackson's gonna break he's down not, like he didn't learn Swedish. but uh, or is it now that I say Swedish is it Finnish how would you say terrible. motherfucker in Finnish it's a good question I don't know the answer now mm. I'm like worried that I've been saying Swedish and it's actually Finnish is it is it Swedish Either way. Either way. We'll look that up after. Yeah, either way. Listeners if you like rare exports. Patrons tell us. <laughs> yeah, if you um, like rare exports, that's another movie you should check out. Well, you mentioned Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, yes. Which is a delight. And I'm usually not a musical person. Mm. Um, and that's actually what I think we're going to have to. Maybe we'll fire that one up tonight to watch. Uh, it's that is so much fun. So fun. I... I was really fortunate I got to see it at a Toronto Film Festival. Oh, that's and incredible. Yeah, and the, uh, goodness, the blonde girl, mm -hmm. not the lead, the other girl, uh, is from Toronto. So she, like, mm -hmm. was in her, like, hockey jersey, and she actually choreographed the movie. Anyway, big fan of that one, too. Here's a, so, fun, fact. a fun fact. We had the opportunity to show that at Telluride Horror the year that it played Fantastic Fast and others. Ah. And the program director turned it down because he didn't think it would play well to our crowd. He did the same thing for One Cut of the Dead. Let me program your things, people. It yes, that is a so, huge guess. Yeah, um, we were really lucky like that it came to Toronto and then because the cast was connected to Toronto, we were lucky that like we got yeah. to, it was like a pretty like meaty Q&A. Mm -hmm. They're usually not. Um, do they it was do actually a thing pretty... so you can like sing along, like put the words on screen during the songs mm -hmm. where it's the first time or is it? No, that no. would be fun though. But that we just like, fun. it was fun more just like knowing that like she, this like tiny little blonde Torontonian mm -hmm. had choreographed it and watching it that way. And they shared us, there's like a sad story behind that movie. Oh boy, what is it? It's not that, it's the, I'll let y'all, you know, we'll save that for that we'll one. We'll save it for Christmas <laughs> yeah. 2021. Okay. It was sad, but like beautiful, like happy. Okay. Warm, heartwarming, that, sad yeah. story, I would say. I know that like for sing-alongs, like in Boston, they did like a, a once more with a feeling sing-along for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they showed the original pilot of the show before it, um, before That's Allison fun. Hannigan was Willow. 
and then um they did this sing along with like words on screen and that was wicked fun that would so, be so fun yeah that would be a fun screening so krampus. i feel like anna and the apocalypse and krampus are the two movies that could go all the way i would say that probably for modern horror and it's tough because although there are a lot of um horror movies that are centered around christmas um they typically don't do great at the box office because yeah. and a lot of studios are like really hesitant to like you don't see a lot of killer Santa Claus movies because killer, you know, you saw I'm old enough to remember um, Silent Night, Deadly Night and all the controversy around, which really is more memorable than anything in the movie itself. Um, you just don't typically see it. It's a tough sell, but there's a lot of like Scream was released as um, in right before Christmas. You know, yep. A lot of times like horror movies are counter-programmed around that time of year um, because of all the family stuff coming out. They want to give like kids something to watch as well. But Christmas themed horror itself doesn't typically um, do that great. I mean, even last year, like I think from what I was reading, like the this was came out in 2015, the last Christmas themed horror movie that got a theatrical release before that was the 2006 Black Christmas. So it was like a nine-year gap. And then last year we had Blumhouse's Black Christmas as well, which I, yeah. you know, like Blumhouse, they only give you a couple million bucks to make a movie. So none of them are ever going to lose money. But I don't think that one was like a huge success either. I think it did okay. Yeah. Um, like all of them will always do okay. It didn't do poor. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they didn't uh, like you're right yeah that movie happened quickly with a pretty mm -hmm. low budget i think it did that okay the there were like biggest problem with it is that they got really no time to do the movie like it felt like a first draft and that's no fault or theirs they say this is when you need to have it done by yes you know, exactly which is a big problem you actually have a really good article up on how a lot of like women created movies get held to a different standard and like they get rushed or they get dumped like during the pandemic we saw with the craft remake and with wonder woman uh mm -hmm. we should link to that in our notes sometime yeah i will uh post it it was for pajiba and it mm -hmm. basically was born of what happened with the welcome to the blumhouse features and how mm -hmm. they were some of them were initially slated as standalones and then got kind of dumped yeah. in this chunk on amazon mm -hmm. um and then the craft um and uh yeah i mean we could probably get down a blumhouse rabbit hole pretty quickly mm -hmm. i mean i love blumhouse it's not a secret i love their movies mm -hmm. i love what they do but they definitely owe uh women and marginalized people a lot better than what they've given them and black christmas was a huge example of that it was the first theatrical uh release of a female directed film mm -hmm. by blumhouse and it was really rushed. It was done dirty. And then Blumhouse undermined it himself. Yeah. Like he said nasty things about it. So yeah. kind of sucked. <laughs> um, I so. am actually making a quick note here for like a future Patreon episode, like having Ooh. that discussion. Yeah. Because I think that would be a really fascinating discussion to have. And I think our listeners would dig that. So yeah. stay tuned for that. I'm but in terms ready. of Krampus, like what are your initial thoughts about this movie? Like, did you see this when it came out or is it something you kind of return to like turn to later on i did see it in theaters mm -hmm. i did see it in theaters right <laughs> i did yeah it's on purpose sound effects i did see this one in theaters i was one of my best friends who i tend to see most movies with she is 
the best. And mm-hmm. one thing about her, she's always down. Like she, when you talk to her, you wouldn't necessarily gather that she's a serious like film fan willing, but mm-hmm. she's always like, yeah, let's go see that weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. let's do it. She's the best that way. And so we um, went to see it with kind of no, we didn't know what it was. I actually hadn't seen Trick or Treat yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't throw tomatoes at me. I didn't see it as of 2015. And we went to see it in theaters. So they're like, oh, Adam Scott and Tony Collette. This is mm-hmm. going to be this fun holiday horror movie. And then like the movie almost at the halfway point just like really turns on a dime. And it's just like, oh, you thought this was like a horror comedy. Like this is a scary movie. And we were like, we walked out of there just like, oh my god and we actually this year one of our other best friends uh was doing a holiday horror marathon with her boyfriend or a holiday movie marathon with her boyfriend and they wanted to get from different genres and she was like what's your holiday horror pick guys and her and I both like immediately were like Krampus Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so she just watched it and yeah I it's just like it totally took me by surprise we like saw it in theaters and those those are like our best moments is where we see movies that we have like Mm -hmm. no um no notions about and we're just like I hope this is good and we always come out like oh my god Kingsman is my favorite movie um and so Krampus is one of those examples mm-hmm. I don't this to me like, it was theatrical as well and like I had seen um trick-or-treat by then I think I saw trick-or-treat years after the festival crowd did because that movie got done dirty um but I know that like myself and the horror community as a whole we're really excited for it because knowing that it was like Mike Doherty's follow-up to Trick or Treat and how that movie has gone on to really be like, what do you have to watch every Halloween? It's like, I would actually say at this point, I would put on Trick or Treat before John Carpenter's Halloween if I could only pick one to watch during the Halloween season. I think it just encapsulates the holiday so well. And part of that is like, I've seen John Carpenter's Halloween a million times at this point um but i think that movie represents the holiday just so so well so it was really exciting to see what he was going to do uh with the christmas movie and to your point like the first third of this movie is straight comedy it is like straight holiday cliche Mm -hmm. comedy and it's so cliche that you don't even know if it's cliche does that Mm -hmm. make sense like it's so on the nose that you're almost like I don't if you if you walk in not knowing what you're getting yourself into if you haven't seen Mm trick-or-treat uh or you just like you know maybe saw one trailer um you don't it's so on the nose that it almost is just like okay like I didn't even Mm -hmm. pick up on the fact that it was kind of camp I just was like oh this is a standard holiday movie and let's see what you know okay and to your point, well, I'll say this, like, before we get to that, um, one of the things that Doherty has said, like, I was watching some of the making of featurettes and his discussion of the movie, and he's like, I really wanted to create, like, a classic movie in the vein of, like, a poltergeist or a gremlins, like, he's like, I'm a child of the 80s, those are the movies I loved growing up, and they're classics, um, and that's really what his intention was with Krampus, and I will save our answers for it to the end of the discussion, but I am wondering, like, did he succeed in that goal? Because one of the hard things is like, yeah, I don't know. When you say, um, and I'm a pro wrestling fan, and he, one of the cliches is like, if someone says you get two great wrestlers, like Ric Flair and say Shawn Michaels in their primes, and say it's going to be a five star classic, 
it generally is not because the expectations are so high. Like yeah. classics tend to just emerge on their own. Um, not everybody can be Babe Ruth calling their shot. So I want to see if at the end, like, do we feel like he achieved that goal of a real classic movie? To your point, it's not just like a horror movie midway through. It is dark. It is pitch black. They do some things in movies that you never, ever see done, like things that are pretty taboo. They get away with in a PG-13 movie. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of the things about like this can be considered like a family horror movie. And it is like you mentioned your friend. This is the first movie I recommend to someone who says like, I'm looking for a, uh, and my um, counterpart yesterday texted me like at, at work, like, hey, thinking of like a horror movie, Christmas theme, what should I watch? And I recommended Krampus first. And then like, if you, Gremlin second, and then mm -hmm. Black Christmas, the original third. I'm like, if you want something really dark and weird with a different pace to it, that's the best Christmas horror movie ever. But Krampus would be my first choice. Because it's almost darker than something like Black Christmas mm -hmm. in a weird way, because Black Christmas is a slasher, right? Mm -hmm. So like slashers can and cannot be dark. Obviously, there are, you know, in the newest Black Christmas, there are certain themes. Oh, actually, all Black Christmas movies mm -hmm. have, or actually the first and the third Black Christmas movie um, both have very have heavier themes. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're still slasher movies. So you kind of like go into a slasher, like, okay, weather's gonna be dark. Like, yeah, people are gonna get sliced up, but like, that's not necessarily what you think of as like pitch black as we're like, this is pitch black. Like yeah. it's so, it's such a different level of horror that you're like, you don't even see it coming because it's like Adam Scott being this like kind of shitty dad right mm -hmm. at like textbook like Mr. McAllister textbook like the purge dad to like textbook dad I'm I thought you weren't you working this Christmas dad is a bad dad I don't think he's a bad dad I don't even think that like Adam Scott's character is a bad dad mm -hmm. I think it's just like that trope of the like dad whose kids want more love because they mm -hmm. work too much sure. and it's like such a classic classic trope i kind of like that tony collette's character also is kind of busy with work and super mm -hmm. tightly wound or she's just super tightly wound i guess yeah. but there's you know the the dad who's just i'm not gonna make your baseball game son because i'm working and oh you're mm -hmm. working on the holidays it's like such a typical right uh inciting thing and he goes from being like the absent dad to like holy shit i gotta pull my kid out of a chimney so this guy he doesn't get eaten exactly <laughs> yep you know, there's that line early, early, early in the movie when he takes the phone call from work and Tony Collette is like, hey, I thought you weren't working over the holiday. And he gets immediately defensive. He's like, I said, I'm not traveling, but I still have to take some calls. Like, you yeah. know, and it sucks. Like, the, And he had just made a point to say how um, the relatives are going to arrive like any minute, you know? So it's not like there's not stuff to get done at that point. And you can see where the priorities are. Um, in that moment and even in like Christmas vacation where his work is a plot point but not necessarily how busy he is mm -hmm. like that's not even his character even in Christmas vacation you're getting the like dad's dealing with work stuff on mm -hmm. Christmas it's like yep. such a like typical I mean this movie really covers it all the tightly wound mother who loves Christmas but everything mm -hmm. has to be perfect so it's yeah. not it's not what everyone wants the dad who's busy at work 
the kid who just wants more love and loves and still believes Santa, even though he's a little bit older, the sister who's busy with her boyfriend, like they're all there. Mm-hmm. Like you can even swap this out. Like, again, mm-hmm. you could swap this out with the purge and you could swap this out with home alone, which is like wild that it kind of fits both because mm-hmm. it's such a typical trope family from a movie. So it's like, Oh, you know, it's kind of silly and it's going to be a little sad because the loopy grandmother might do something weird. And then it's like, no, JK, this gingerbread's going to murder some kid. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to get swallowed whole by a murderous Jack in the box. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh my God, it's so scary. Even as you said it, I got scared. <laughs> I have a thing for, we'll talk more about it. I have a thing about like things that are animated but have a static face. Like there's something that's so unnerving about that. Um it's crazy. Um, so we'll, we'll start at the very beginning because we're talking about like the comedy aspect of the movie. Um, and I'll wait till you can unmute because your dog's I'm are fine. in the background. Or I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just trying to mitigate the dog okay. sound. And we are a very dog friendly show. So if they speak <laughs> up, it's totally fine. Um, it's, just, it's just the bells. It's just Christmas okay. bells. I think it's, it, you know, it adds to the festiveness of the season. Um, I, as an ex reap, I, I worked from like 20 years old to probably 30 years old in consumer electronics retail. And mm-hmm. that opening scene hits on so many levels. Oh, yeah. um, just the choice of music. I think the choice of music there is so perfect where you have, it's beginning like Bing Crosby's, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and for a lot of us, like that is what Christmas looks like. It looks like people just fighting in stores over the last 40 inch television. Last Turbo Man doll. Exactly. <laughs> um, it is the bored look at the look of misery on everybody's face when they're standing in crowded lines under like the hot retail lights. It is like just being jostled and pushed and then being a retail, like an underpaid, overworked, retail employee that is just like being completely trampled over and taken advantage of i i'll share one quick not even retail story because i had after i quit doing retail the day after thanksgiving in america we call it black friday for our non-american listeners um (laughs) we're basically and it was even not as bad then as it is now like back then stores opened maybe at like four or five in the morning versus like we're going to open at 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving because why wouldn't our employees want to spend the day with their family? Um, But I'm like, you know, I've never been on the other side of Black Christmas. I'm going to go to like Best Buy at like five in the morning and just pick up some like DVDs and video games just to see what it's like. Oh, yeah. And I remember it being the most miserable experience. And this woman kept jamming her part into the back of me during like in line like she just kept like hitting me with her cart and I remember like hey ma'am like the line's moving slow can you just can you please not like hit me with your cart and she kept doing it and after like I usually pretty patient pretty kind it's part of like being a therapist you have to be empathetic (laughs) I have a breaking point and when I break when I cross it I get really vicious so she did it again and again like similar to the story I told in our final destination two story I turned around and looked at this woman I'm like ma'am if you hit me with that cart one more fucking time I will drop you in the middle of the store I promise you 
well, it's just like, I mean, yikes. <laughs> but know, yeah, it's cra- I yeah. actually did Black Friday. Do not threaten to hit women <laughs> in the store, people. Sorry. But. Listen, um, I did Black Friday one time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have, well, we now have Black Friday in Canada, mm-hmm. but it's not the same thing. We have Boxing Day, which is very similar. And it's, it's the day after yeah. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar idea. Mm-hmm. But I was living, I lived in Windsor for a few years. We were right on the border of Detroit. So we went to Detroit. My friend Nicole and I went to Detroit for Boxing Day or for uh, Black Friday. And we waited outside the mall. And what's funny is that the movie theater was open. So Mm -hmm. I guess it like went, it started at midnight. And we were like, this will be fun. Mm -hmm. So we went and everyone was lining outside the mall. And I was like, let's go to the movie theater and like eat some popcorn. Because there's like Mm -hmm. an entrance to the mall. Like, why would we wait outside? It was freezing. Um, and so we were like sitting there eating popcorn, waiting for midnight. And then they opened the door to the mall and I didn't even need anything. It was just like for fun. And like, we were students were like, let's go to like Michael Kors and get ourselves like a bag. Like Mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Um, and she wanted to watch, she wanted a Michael Kors Mm -hmm. watch. I was like, let's do it. And the doors open and we kind of started like walking and then everyone started hustling. And before I knew it, my friend Nicole and I were sprinting like a full split <laughs> to this lineup outside Michael Kors and I was like what are we doing but it was like everyone started running so you're like well I guess I have to run too and so we're like sprinting and we're like we're fit young you know students mm-hmm. at the time and so we like sprint and get in this line and we get to the front and I'm like hell yeah and this was crazy and I was like pulling up it was like crazy and she got her watch which was so exciting but then I ended up buying this like terrible little wallet thing that I didn't want at all Mm-hmm. But I just was like, I didn't want anything. And I had gone through all of that. Like we drove to Detroit, waited in line, sprinted. I was like, I'm buying this stupid $20 wallet that I don't right. want just because I was like, well, I did all the work. <laughs> you have to walk out with something. And that's how they get you. Like yeah. you're not walking out empty handed if you're going to get up at the crack of stupid to I'm like so go dumb. shop at midnight yeah and it, i still have it i'm like and every time i like clean out my closet i pick it up and i'm like i've never touched mm-hmm. this ugly disgusting denim tiny yeah. pouch but i can't throw it out because i'm like or i can't like the memories not throw it the out, memories you know I, mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like i don't you want know? this at all but i was like i'm waiting in this line and i'm glad she got her watch but yeah and not I, worth it not i wonder recommend. if it's one of those traditions it's going to like kind of slowly go away you know after the pandemic and after you know with obviously like amazon is that's too much power and too much you can do i mean really like amazon's Ooh, yeah. not a great company um but they're just so convenient and i want you know i remember like christmas eve probably it was before my daughter was born because once my daughter was born shopping for my mom became a bit easier because you could get like, oh, get picture frames and nice pictures of her granddaughter yeah, in it. The best. Oh, I'm a sucker but, for it. My nephew paints me a mm-hmm, mug, painted me a mm-hmm. mug once, and I've been like talking about it nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's like all I care about in my life. So yeah. Yeah, but my I, my mom is notoriously difficult, and it's her birthday on Monday, so I need to send flowers. Um, it's her birthday on Monday, the 21st. So happy birthday, mom! As we record this, my mom oh, is incredible nice. happy and birthday, amazing. Mike's mom. She's wonderful. Um, and my mom would say thank you. Um, but she's so hard to shop for. I remember I was at this like, it's like an outdoor plaza Christmas Eve, like still trying to figure out what to get her. And I swear to God, I had like a panic attack. 
at like noon on Christmas. I'm like, I don't, and I call my mom. I'm like, I just wanted to let you know how much I hate you right now because I never <laughs> can figure out what to get you. And this is hell. From now on, you have to tell me something. I don't care what it is. It could be anything. Um, so holiday you know, shopping is tough. It really is. It That's really, tough. really is. I guess I mean, um, at least bless online shopping, but I don't know. Yeah. So at least with that, you can not be jostled by a million people or fight for parking spaces. Yeah. Um, we're currently playing Santa Chicken with our 10-year-old because we're pretty sure, like we're 99% sure that like she doesn't, she, that she knows the truth. You and know, she she's 10? She's 10. She knew the truth last year too, but she yeah. won't admit it because she's like, if I tell them I know, but we still get presents. It's like a fun game. Yeah. So like she knew Elf on the Shelf when she was eight. She was like, it's just a toy you and mom move. So she figured that out. Um, oh my God. But we don't want to, I don't care. I keep trying to blurt it out, but I know it would upset my wife really is holding on. So she did her Christmas list and it was just like in huge block letters. It wasn't a letter to Santa. And she's like, well, I don't think I need a letter. Just pass it on. But then yesterday she did her letter to Santa that I have That's to mail so and I kept it. I'm going to put it in a little box for my wife because it'll be her last letter and my wife will. Oh, that's so it. cute. Um, it's fun. Like, yeah. I mean, I never yeah. had Santa obviously growing up. Mm-hmm. My ne- my sister-in-law is uh, not Jewish. So my mm-hmm. nephews celebrate Christmas and um, it's so cute. They do the elf on the shelf and they're mm-hmm. young. Like he's only four. Mm-hmm. The oldest one is four. And so he like gets so excited about the elf mm-hmm. and he's like, he like FaceTimes me or whatever video chats me and he'll be like, come see where the elf is today mm-hmm. and like wants to show me. Yeah. And there's this like really hilarious, like poorly, it's so cute. There's like a Jewish elf on a shelf called mm-hmm. a mensch on a bench. <laughs> <laughs> and so my sister-in-law has him come out <laughs> for Hanukkah time. <laughs> and it's like it's so adorable because like she's so good that like she really tries to like make sure that both mm-hmm. things are held in the same regard because mm-hmm. like it's pretty hard to compete with Christmas and um so it's like so cute that he'll like video he's so like adorable he'll be like come see where the mensch mm-hmm. is and come see where the elf is and I'm like what's the mensch doing and he's like he's like I don't know there's no oh. mythology and I'm like what's the elf doing and he'll be like well he's just watching me to make sure that I'm good so he can tell Santa and I'm like mm-hmm. oh, that's so cute that's great so someone po- a friend of mine like a fellow punk like 90s punk pose like have you heard of elf in a shelf but have you heard of like and he posted a picture of Ian Mackay from Minor Threat and Fugazi sitting on an apple pie. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Mackay in a pie. pie. So I know, it's a very funny thing. bit. And like and the she- mensch on a bench is just so fun. Again, because it's like, like it's funny because like you want to like be like, oh, that's so dumb. But then it's when awesome. I see like my little nephew being able to hold Hanukkah yeah. and Christmas in the same regard. That's I'm really like, cute. That I'm like, all absolutely right. adorable. And I like, like I the said, sound of like, mensch isn't a word that gets used enough. No. So any chance to use it is fantastic. Mench on a bench. Um, so we were talking a little bit about like the riff, like obviously what happens next in the movie, like the in-laws arrive, like you get the uh, Aunt Dorothy who everybody hates uh, and nobody really wants there, but they feel obligated to have her over at that point. Like yeah, they can't she say tricks no. them into it. Yeah, they and tricks her into it by saying like I'm coming with you, basically. Yeah, they she have, shows like, up with luggage. Um, Sarah, the mom's sister, Linda comes. Uh, David Cochner's or Cochner's character, uh, Howard, like the you know gun-toting, super right wings, alpha male Howard. He's there, and then there's like that brood of kids. 
Um, and I can't remember all the names of all there's Howie Jr. who yeah. is like it felt like they were kind of cap trying to capitalize on the weird kid in Bad Santa a little bit with the oh, vibe true. there. Like he's kind of nonverbal and just burps and looks really weird. Hey, I, I always looked at him as like fuller. Mm-hmm. Like fuller, easy on the Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like, like Jordan and Stevie, like the twins that, mm-hmm. um, you the know, androgynous I would say, twins. Yeah, I would say like they're non binary. Like if this was mm-hmm. made in 2020, I don't think that they're. They make a point of calling them the girls all the time. Yeah. Which I kind of think in a weird way, I'm, I'd be curious other people's read mm-hmm. on it. But what I think is kind of fun about it is that I don't know if I'm giving Doherty too much credit here is why I'd say mm-hmm. I want to know if other people's perspectives uh, that aren't my own as like a cishet chick. Mm-hmm. But I look at them as like a really funny gag. Maybe not a funny gag. Maybe that's the wrong way to say it. But it's almost like, they're supposed to be super hyper right wing. Therefore mm-hmm. he raises his kids to be like hyper masculine, which is an interesting circumvention of that because they're women or they're girls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're the girls, but they're hyper masculine. And it's almost like weirdly, I don't know. I he be, has them curious. like, he has them doing like freestyle wrestling at one point. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, you call that a reversal? Like, you know, yeah. so. And it's um, like this weird circumvention. Right. How it's like you always, the character like that always raises their like boys to be manly men. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting circumvention that he's obviously obsessive about like traditional gender roles being the hyper right wing guy. But then he's like raised his girls to be hyper mask. Right. And it's like, and I'm it's curious. Kind of awesome that like they are that. into those things. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to like, not going to dress you in pink and you're not allowed to hunt and you're not allowed to you know compete in sports like he's proud of them for that but i think the joke is supposed to be he wishes they were yeah that's that's why he does it that's Um, the yeah that's the piece i don't know how to reconcile if it's like a gag or if it's like an interesting circumvention or if it's just Mm -hmm. like no he wishes they were dudes because they do make a point of calling them the girls all the time but like they have androgynous names like jordan and stevie and stevie yeah and it's no. like it's played for like like their masculinity or their like having masculine traits is definitely played for laughs. It's not oh, yeah. played as like and I wonder like if twenty again, like how that would play now, if that would be a little bit different. If I'd be you know curious. maybe I'd be maybe curious not. other perspectives mm-hmm. reads on that, because right. I think that'd be a really interesting thing to talk about. There is like this undercurrent of like, we don't want you here. You really don't want to be here either, but we feel this like sense of obligation as family to kind of host you. And I just did like a little, you know, background reading on things like popular science and psychology today. Um, And there's like been some, like Christmas is a really stressful time. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a poll that um, Healthline conducted in 2015 or survey they conducted. And like the results were like 62% of the respondents said they had like an elevated level of stress around Thanksgiving and Christmas versus 10 that didn't feel like any difference in stress. And a lot of it comes down to like our expectations of the holiday versus the reality of the holiday. Like -hmm. like you said with Tony Collette's character, Sarah, there is so much pressure to make that day perfect. The perfect, yeah. And the reality is like, just like everything in life, things tend to go wrong um other things like you tend to like see all the grading behaviors around because you have so many relatives around at once so if you have to just deal with like 
Howard on his own, maybe that would be all right. But like Howard and Aunt Dorothy and a sister you don't get along with. And like the kids are assholes. I mean, like one kid just like burps at the, and again, to your point of it being camp, like that kid like lets out a massive belch at the cable table. And the dad is like, that's my boy, you know? And it's just like, yeah. parents don't do that. Like, even if like, we laugh at our daughter's behaviors. Like our daughter, her table manners are—they're fucking atrocious. Like, <laughs> she doesn't really like utensils. Like she thinks pasta is like a finger food. Oh she my can. god! So we keep like, why are you like this? Like you're so polite and well raised. You know, we're yeah. not like you know, we're not raising a kid to eat at a trough here. Um, <laughs> and in like their reaction is like, isn't it cute that our kid is like swigging Mountain Dew? from a two liter bottle. First of all, like he's like, just grabs the bottle and he's like chugs and no one bats an eye. Like no one is like, hey, maybe you should use a glass so you don't get like your spit in everybody else's drink, right? It's it's funny because it's like, that's almost where that whole bit is where it really breaks away. Like it's nothing like Gremlins. Like mm-hmm. you can see that it like wants to be Gremlins by being a dark holiday movie. Mm-hmm. Not one, like I'm not saying that it's like trying to be Gremlins, but he obviously said, uh, Doherty said specifically he wanted to make a Gremlins type movie. But Gremlins is much more about like, um, you know, warm family for the holidays. And it goes right into the Gremlin story is where this mm-hmm. is much more, like I said, parodying things like Home Alone, Christmas mm-hmm. Vacation, it's much more Christmas movie yes. that turns horror versus like Christmas horror. Mm-hmm. Like it starts off as like classic like, family and the little kid, the boy gets made fun of for still believing in Santa mm-hmm. by his like mean cousins who come for the holidays. And so it's if much more sh- that. If you showed the first 40 minutes of this on like the Hallmark channel, oh, it yeah. wouldn't feel out of place. A hundred percent. Yeah, you would be like, oh the end would have been like everyone comes together and understands that even though we're different from one another still still, family you know and i'm thinking too like in 20 given that this came out in 2015 and obviously we were still pretty divided as a country in america Mm -hmm. in 2015 but just a year later like i remember thanksgiving 2016 was like a hellish experience going to like visit oh yeah oh my god i was trying to think what significant happened in 2016 Mm -hmm. like yeah so in 2020 like this idea like at one point uh howard and i think laura's they say to one another like oh or linda and howard look at each other and they're like oh they're probably democrats and howard (laughs) is like adamant about bringing up how like you know the second amendment means you can have 400 guns and they shouldn't be regulated at all in (laughs) Uh, Aunt Dorothy is like, what are you, a Jew? You know, like, because they don't have a ham. And it's really, really uncomfortable. Where one of the few saving graces of 2020 has been like, oh, no big family gatherings. And I love my mom and we would celebrate Christmas with her. But at least you don't have to discuss COVID and the election. we don't have to discuss how like COVID is a hoax with my super right-wing cousin that like researched it on YouTube and knows more than the epidologist at that point um we don't have to talk about how the election was stolen um we don't have to do any of those things we can just like and my mom is not that person my mom did not vote for Trump I'll let you know that she is the person though who if I raise how much I don't like him she'll play devil's advocate just because oh, yeah. she always does that to me and you're and like don't I'm like not this on, one 
I am working on that in therapy. Um, <laughs> Good so, for you. Fuck. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's one of those things where like in 2020, those relatives would no longer get together, nor would they be on speaking terms. Yeah. The, the Democrat thing is like, is funny because I don't think funny. So maybe I just been like far enough away being mm-hmm. like Canada, like we're not so different. Like we mm-hmm. are very different, but we're, but um, I mean, this is a whole other discussion that I'm not going to have today, but like the whole, like come to Canada where it's all good. Like mm-hmm. guys, <laughs> like, right. um, uh, you know, anyway, whatever, but, but yes, we're very different, but also not, oh gosh, sorry. Um, so anyway, all that to say, like, I guess I kind of was tuned out of the whole, like Republican Democrat thing is mm-hmm. like a huge divide. Um, maybe 10 maybe eight six to eight years ago I knew that it was a mm-hmm. huge divide obviously like I'd seen the whole bush thing happen but like I guess I didn't like that joke probably would have bounced right off of me and been yep. like yeah whatever some people are Republicans people are Democrats yeah. you could laugh um, it off a lot easier in 2015 yeah, as we're it's like, a lot now harder we're like, to now yikes the Jew joke I never really know <laughs> I still don't know mm-hmm. the answer because like the movie is German Krampus mm-hmm. is German the grandmother's German the family is German and then like right out the gate, you have like, what are you, a Jew? And I was like, yikes, what? And I still, it's a like, I said, like, it's a clunky joke. It sucks. It's weird. It makes the ant um, irredeemable. Yeah. And I don't really know what it's born of or like, I, I did see it in theaters and brushed it off and didn't think much of it. But I always think like the characters are shitty. And then there's like this, like, and I think maybe that's the Democrat bit where like, that would have been like ugh, annoying but whatever like I don't hate all Republicans but mm-hmm. as we're in 2020 or like actually maybe that does make you irredeemable yeah and I wonder I wonder if it, like that's the same thing like if that's how it like that makes that character irredeemable like I don't care about her anymore like mm-hmm. I don't care if she gets eaten by a gingerbread man yeah you root for her at that point to get eaten yeah she I'm becomes like, like the, um I'm trying to think. I think it's Chad in the Friday the 13th remake where you're like, I can't wait for you to get killed. Yeah, you're like, you yeah, know? good luck with that. So you like don't root for her at all, which like I'd rather her just be annoying by being like mm-hmm. by being abrasive, by making yes. fun of the food, mm-hmm. by stealing the alcohol mm-hmm. or like I'd rather her just be like abrasive and not stealing the alcohol, mm-hmm. but like by being like, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like, where's the dog? Alcohol, like, I gotta get yeah, rid of yeah. That, you know? Like, I'd rather her just be like abrasive, annoying, making fun of the dinner table, making jokes about the you know turkey being dry. As soon as she mm-hmm. threw that out, I was like, oh, she's your mean. Like, look how much like work went into that meal, and they're like, yeah, yeah it's dry. Like, that's awful. Like, right. Like a... that is the joke that I want right. in that moment. Mm-hmm. That joke, I was kind of like, oh, okay, what? Speaking <laughs> of like, not the, like yeah, of the alcohol. This movie almost got an R rating, not because babies get stolen by carnivorous elves but because Aunt Dorothy has sips of alcohol to the children and that's what the MPAA was like we don't know if we can let that pass that's interesting baby eating totally cool totally cool which they encourage it actually they're like you know what made black stallion better baby Baby eating eating. so we would give that a, a pass at that point um, but I just, I found that really, and I, I often yeah. find like morality in movies and what they will and won't show like really fascinating, like what gets to pass for people complain yeah. about PG-13 horror, but it's often, it's not the horror that gets trimmed down. It's just language and nudity. 
yeah. but the horror elements are all there at this point. So, I mean, look what you can show on like The Walking Dead. It's Oh yeah, it's not know? usually like, and like, it's funny. It's a fun rabbit hole to dive into of mm-hmm. like what the horror, like what horror is fine and like the blood has to go in certain directions mm-hmm. and like, it's fun to like dive into the yeah. rabbit hole of like what was like well you can show a face getting sliced off but it can't bleed or like whatever like so like that is actually a fun rabbit hole to go down so this movie takes a hard right turn (laughs) when beth leaves they wake up the next morning and there's a blizzard that came out of nowhere and all the other persons in the neighborhood much like home alone everyone is gone like they Mm -hmm. either they are visiting their families or they're on vacation so like the Adam Scott, Tony Collette home was the only one with anyone around besides Beth's boyfriend's home when he's like three streets over. So they yeah, we hear go... that he's two or three blocks away. Yeah, he's like, so she wants to go visit because he hasn't texted her in 20 minutes. So she's worried that, you know, something terrible has happened. Again, because... all the tropes are here. The teen girl who wears mm-hmm. a skirt and who's... Yeah, it is. It's just... It's that and this is a really cool set piece. Like the introduction of Krampus and that set piece is scary. I love. Oh my that. god, it's so scary because you kind of know something's gonna happen. But mm-hmm. again, I guess it's because I hadn't seen Trick or Treat, so I didn't know how ruthless it would be. Like Trick or Treat is dark. Mm-hmm. Like Trick or Treat, like just short anecdote. Um, during Halloweenish time, it was on TV, and my mom was kind of channel surfing and was like, "Here, you can watch this." Because uh, we we're like all in the living room, and I was like, mm-hmm. "All right." Um, and it was the scene with the dad and the son cutting mm-hmm. up the, you know, and my mom literally was, I can't remember exactly her words. Oh my God. Uh, she went, oh God, I don't remember her exact language, but she kind of looked up at it and saw the whole kid spot. And then it was just like, this is sick and you are sick. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, this is sick. Like of all the weird horror that I watched, this is truly the sickest. It's like a kid with his dad hacking up a body. Like that is yep. sick. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel like that's I, what this movie does is it's like, this is kind of scary. Ooh, spooky, yeah. gremlinsy. Mm-hmm. Oh no, this is sick. Really bad. And it intersperses like that, those humorous bits throughout, even in like the darkest moments, which is mm-hmm. these, these really wild tonal shifts. But the sequence with Beth, like when you see Krampus on the roof and again, watching like they all, like 95% of this movie was on the soundstage, which oh, okay. they built this whole street and they like 3D printed the um, fronts of the homes. Like they built out like the frame for the front and then did 3D printing. Um, And I guess the material for the snow is the same material that you use in diapers to make them absorbent. So they would talk about how they had to do these scenes barefoot. Otherwise um, their shoes would get sucked off during them. So there's just like really beautiful set design going on here. And you just froze up there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you said yeah sorry I lost you for a sec that's okay I'm back um but yeah like it's, it looks incredible and I guess like they had scaled it a little bit but when you see her like hiding under the U8 the UPS truck and they just see the hooves and you think like okay she's a kid in a horror movie she's been established as like one of the main characters like I don't think that she's gonna get you know like not gonna eat it here right but nope, we're wrong. Like she disappears until the coda of the film, which Ugh. here's a question given the coda of the movie, 
Do you mm-hmm. think that the UPS person was an actual real person or a plant um, for this whole kind of fantasy world? Because that's so I just kind of think I kind of think it was a plant mm-hmm. only because there's that there's that bit where they open the door to the gift that's kind of the, that like sets off the whole Krampus thing. They get that mm-hmm. gift um they get that box yep. and when she opens the door there's a fedex guy there i think it's a fedex guy yep yeah and she's like oh did you drop this off too and he said no must have been the boys in brown mm-hmm. or whatever like making an allusion to the fact that it wasn't me it was probably ups so then i kind of like like that it ends up being a ups truck because mm-hmm. it's kind of like oh is this the guy who dropped off the gift because you kind of think like oh no it's just that nobody dropped off the gift and right. realized by Krampus. So then when the UPS truck is kind of part of the game, you're like, oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, okay. Otherwise, so like, like this poor lot, dude actually. dies a horrible death for no other reason than he was yeah. doing his job in horrific conditions. And yeah. that's pretty sad. What are the other horror elements about this I don't this know. I thought either like? way, I think the UPS gag is really funny. Yeah, I think so. Oh, there's what so are, many. I, I like, I, yeah, go ahead. Nope, I I think I there was a little glitch there. So oh yeah, sorry, a little sorry. Okay. My internet is I'm working on it, which is weird. I don't have bad internet here, but mm. it's been weird the past couple of times. But um, yeah, there's so much. The creature designs are incredible, and I could yell about them all day. Mm. I'm scared of clowns, which is funny because I'll talk about how I hate clowns in movies because I just I think they're scary, and I think it's like an easy way to scare me, which I hate, and it like mm-hmm. totally turns me off. Like Pennywise just totally turns me off. And I don't like it. And then everyone's like, Lindsay, you have a killer clown tattooed on your arm. And I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> from I love the Joker. Spa- okay, from the Joker. Okay. And I'm like Joker's biggest fan. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, Joker's not really a killer clown per se, but like, that's exactly what he is. <laughs> exactly what he is. <laughs> oh, He's know, a mass murderer that's a clown, like, permanently a clown. It took me like years to do that math. Like I've been shit talking the whole killer clown thing for years mm-hmm. until someone was like, Lindsay, you're obsessed with the Joker. And I was like, oh yeah um which version of the joker which it's like is it like the animated series is it jack nicholson honestly any and all i love like there are a couple like yeah oh he's um i'll kind of this isn't a great it's it's an original creation okay yeah he doesn't exist anywhere okay um Sorry, this isn't a great. I'll post a picture. It looks of it. like the Brian Boland one a little bit. So it does a little. So basically, mm-hmm. my tattoo artist is very awesome. Mm-hmm. And he'd wanted to do a Joker tattoo for a long time. And I came mm-hmm. in with a couple ideas. And he was very much like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> like, I'm I was like, put what I want on you permanently. And you have no say in it. Like, like right. he was like, no, like, yes. I was just like, hey, I want to look like a sticker. I want it to be this big. And these are whatever. And he was like, actually, no, I've got some like ideas I want to try. Like he obviously showed me a sketch first and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down with him and I, cause I wanted an original creation. I didn't want a joker that existed because then if I like turn out to hate that writer or like mm-hmm. don't like the way it goes, like, I don't know. I wanted my own joker that was mine. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, he basically was like, I want to do my portrait style. So describe what Joker looks like to you. So I was like, you know, I want his straight teeth, not his jagged teeth. I want his red lips, not his black lips. I want mm-hmm. his bright green flowy hair, not his messy hair. Like yeah. I said parts, you know, I didn't like the Jim Lee, but I liked the, like, I just sent, showed him like what parts and elements I liked and he created one. 
based on like if he was drawing a portrait of the version that I was describing mm -hmm. that makes sense no it totally um, makes sense yeah so which I am happy with because there were like mm -hmm. a few that I like and then now I don't like that version so like I'm really glad but anyway I like any and all jokers but that mm -hmm. is what I went with for myself but not Pennywise but not Pennywise <laughs> I was like ew killer clowns are the worst everyone's like was your whole my joke my chairs that I'm about to build is a joker chair but <laughs> I like oh god but I'm like joker's my brand but I hate killer clowns um but all that to say you only have room for like one killer clown yeah, there's only heart. one killer clown allowed mm -hmm. um and I actually have the joker pennywise cover being framed currently for my wall but um anyway all that to say the jack-in-the-box is clown adjacent mm -hmm. and it is to me just like the absolute scariest one in that movie like I even earlier when you just mentioned no. the jack-in-the-box kill like my like I was like <gasps> like it makes me like so creepy and the way they did that is they have like a performer in the middle that is like kind of just moving the um what kind of looks like those like children's um tunnels that they have like you put them in pet tunnels too yeah like i know what you're talking about for a cat and then there's like a contortionist in the back and she said she was doing like these reverse crunches um yeah it is cool. like in, one of the really nice things about this movie is the fact that how are we doing on time for you? I'm okay. I'm just okay. taking a picture of this hilarious situation of okay. me holding three dogs while recording. <laughs> um, one of the really nice things about this movie is how much of it is practical. Like the sets are all built yeah. and they look gorgeous. And then the creature designs are from the Weta workshop and the folks that worked on things like the Lord of the Rings movies. And you have the, like, instead of just like, let's just do like a CGI, um, like that little, that doll that unfolds its wings and then attacks Tony Collette. Yeah, like, oh my God. Just do that in digital. And these are actual puppeteers they're using. Um, they like did a lot of like 3D printing as well for things like the robot that attacks Adam Scott. Um, what really works for these designs too is how they have this real sense of scale and yeah. malicious playfulness. Yes. And they look like something you would see like in like a dark fables book made for children. Like it looks like the um, Grimm brothers almost like what you would oh, see brought yeah, to life. Good point. It does look very dark fables-y, especially with, like the wings and the teeth and like mm -hmm. they're very like these are designed for kids, but you would read it now and be like, oh my God, we read this to kids. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you, you think it, I think like we often forget how resilient children are. Um, yeah. And I know you mentioned like evil clowns and you don't like them, but I remember one of the things about it that stood out, there's like one section where like one of the kids who's not a main character like gets away. Or maybe mm -hmm. it was like Mike Hanlon who got away. Uh, cause he is one of the main characters. Like he got away from the giant bird. And then like, as soon as he escaped, he kind of forgot about it because that's what kids do. Like terrible yeah. things happen and unpleasant things happen, but then they move on. Yeah. Um, so I know there's this weird, and this is actually, I'd be very curious your take on this, but maybe not in this moment, mm -hmm. but I really think it would be an interesting subject to discuss with you is like the whole view of like things that might scare kids and how I think that like a lot of, oh, I guess I should tread lightly, but I think often um, larger words are kind of co-opted in a way 
to apply to things with kids that I don't think they necessarily do. And there's always mm-hmm. like these Halloween decorations can cause trauma. Right. And it's like, is it? And like, maybe, and like trauma is a legit serious thing. So to me, I'm kind of like, let's not co-op the word you, trauma to apply it to exactly. like a kid got scared. You and I are on the same page. Yeah, We okay. could easily have a conversation around how conflict does not equate trauma. Yeah. Like, conflict okay. is a natural part of life and being able to kind of navigate situations that are uncomfortable are, are part of life. Um, you know, and I deal with this at a school level. Like mm-hmm. I have like, it, at the school I work with, there's one teacher per subject per grade level, meaning okay. all the kids have the same teacher for English, for science, for math, for reading. Oh, okay. And I'm dealing with the situation right now where a parent is demanding, like, I don't want this person to have this teacher. It's like, well, your options are either transfer mm-hmm. or deal with it. Like, there's not going to be an alternative here. So a lot of it comes down to, like, you're going to have teachers that you just don't like we could give you some coping skills and strategies to deal with it, but mm. not going to class is not going to be an option for you. Yeah. And it's yeah, kind of so, like, there's, yeah, I think, I mean, again, I'm not an expert. That's why I'm saying I'm mm-hmm. curious your take and it's not a fully formed thought mm-hmm. such that I'm like, people are wrong when they say this. So I don't mm-hmm. want to sound like I've got this like fully formed idea about it. But I do think that like, I remember around Halloween time, people talking about like certain decorations is traumatic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm scared of clowns. I always have been when I was a kid and I saw scary clowns, it scared me. I had a couple mm-hmm. nightmares, kept me up at night. That wasn't trauma. And mm-hmm. I, and I didn't need to like do therapy to recover from it. Oh. Like I've experienced, you know, trauma. It's a very different thing than mm-hmm. being scared of a clown. <laughs> my my <laughs> so, cousin, my cousin used to take us, my older cousin, she's like five or six years older. She would try to take us to like the local haunted house around mm. Halloween and it was literally like this like giant trailer that was done up it took like three minutes to walk through um and I remember being really young and um they open the door to it and the first thing you see is like a dude it looks like a severed head that's an actual guy and he does like a jump scare and I remember bawling my eyes out and she just picked me up and carried me through it and I like bawled the whole time, but we got through it. And then I wouldn't Aww. go back in again. It didn't scar me for, it's probably one of those things yeah. where like, when I look back, I'm like, that was so cool. Yeah. You know? um, like it's, I mean, of course there's no, like, you know, you don't have to force people to scare their kids. And I'm not being like, your kids should experience killer clowns whether they like it or not. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, yeah, to equate being scared with trauma as well. I, right. And also as a kid, if you told me like you cannot watch, and I've shared this a lot, especially when we talked about the Elm Street movies, like as a kid, we sought out the movies we weren't supposed to watch. Like my parents didn't want me to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street at 10 years old, Mm -hmm. but I would because like, it was cool. Do you know what I mean? It was like, like, I'm not supposed to watch this. And I was fine. I like, I know. I let my daughter be somewhat of a judge. I'm like, hey, we're going to watch this movie. If you don't like it, we can turn it off. Like, you don't have to watch it. Yeah, and like, you know, you're not tough or weak if you like or don't like it and whatever. I remember like even there's this scary movie that I saw that's now on Shudder and it's like tormenting Mm -hmm. me. I don't want it to be on Shudder because I don't want to see it in my like menu. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's I should rewatch it because it's probably so stupid and not scary. And I I don't want it. It's so embarrassing. You're going to be like, what? I can edit it out. It's okay. I don't care. Um, it's, you won't it's, share it? it's one of those. It's one of those Amityville movies. 
Um, and it was the okay. 1992 It's About Time. Okay. And I saw it when I was way too young mm-hmm. and it really scared me. It has a few um, elements that are like the things that scare me mm-hmm. and it scared the shit out of me for like years. Like I would yeah. go to sleepover parties and then wake up and be like, I need to go home because I'm scared. Of- yeah. It's about time when I was like a young kid. And like, should I watch that movie? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Should have turned it off and stayed in the other room. Should have played on the computer with the mm-hmm. other kids who were too scared of the movie. But like, I'm fine. Right. <laughs> like, it didn't like Salem Slot did that. Salem Slot did that for me. Ooh, and then yeah. Dead and Buried did. Dead and Buried. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it was, I only saw the opening scene where like the woman seduces the photographer on the beach and then they like, capture him and burn him alive and that's oh my all God. because it was definitely not just like the burning alive but also the fact that like hey she's like what's going on here like I was really young and I'm like there's some hanky panky things and I'm associating that now with like getting burned <laughs> oh alive God. and I remember after seeing that having horrific nightmares for me. right oh yeah this um, movie. yeah it like scared me that's like the closest thing mm-hmm. to like experiencing an advert no. like of course horror movies give me nightmares and things like that mm-hmm. and I get scared certainly but I think that's like the closest thing I had to like experiencing like a true like that movie messed me up mm-hmm. because it was like months to a year later at another sleepover party that yeah. I was still scared of it like that to me is like the closest thing I could have to like that movie messed me up like yeah. there are movies where like I'll shiver all night or like audition I saw like three years ago maybe longer again. i will i'll never watch, watch it again. again i loved it i think it's amazing and i never want to watch it, it again mm-hmm. um and i was like on edge for like days as an adult mm-hmm. woman yeah. <laughs> i was scared of it yeah. but like this stupid amityville movie that's probably so cartoony and stupid messed me up so much that for like months i was like no 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 mm-hmm. no <laughs> yeah it is audition is something where uh, the other thing i have like probably my beat the thing that unnerves me the most in a horror movie is when someone is completely helpless and unable to even fight back a little bit. Yeah. So the end of that movie unnerved me so much that like, Ooh. even when they did like Bravo did like the scariest moments in horror, when it came to audition, like I shut the TV off and mm. like waited 10 minutes to turn it back on. Cause I yeah. did not, I wanted to not see any of it. It's, um, ugh, it makes my whole body like, I'm just, like, just now I keep getting chills. Yeah, it, um, it's bad. the thing that scares me the most is when a killer is like super, um, casual because mm-hmm. they're just like completing something. So like examples of it in, um, I don't remember let the right one in. I can't remember if it's the original or the English language one, but there's a part where like the body is being like bled out to collect mm-hmm. the blood and the guy killing it just like carefully lines it up over the bucket yeah that just like makes my whole body's like shriek because it's like the killing the slashing the whatever it's all cartoony but the like very focused killer lining the body up to catch the blood scares me and like i don't know so intimate oh it's just so like no i totally understand that unglamorous and like even there's a movie um called the stylist that played at festivals this year and i Uh, think it's coming yeah so it's coming Mm -hmm. to arrow in 2021 i want to see february mm-hmm. i don't know watch my twitter i'll be talking about it mm-hmm. and there's a really good kill at the beginning where she's like very calm um and she's a very she's an anxious character so everything mm-hmm. she does is very anxious but when she's killing she's super calm and there's just like this close-up of her face as so she's like very calmly yeah. slicing someone and that just like to my core is like Ugh. and i feel I like really, audition does that i'm really excited well. to see that like jill was a guest of ours oh 
cool. you ride a few years ago for the short, and she's such a, a rad woman uh, and fellow Armenian. So it's great oh, to cool. see, uh, you know, so we got to root for our tribe, basically. I, um, so I never saw the short, yeah. but I I gave the style of like a very high, a very great yeah, review. I'm excited I really to see liked the it. Next I'm like really excited. I want to include it on my year end, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, no, I'm going to just wait till next year yeah Yeah. because i'm like technically it's one of those like festival ones Mm -hmm. is technically anyway that's always tricky yeah yeah i used to just do like two lists like best festival lists and best like anyone can see it yeah i kind of oh god this is another rabbit hole we got into Mm -hmm. a chat about festival about top tens and how they go and Mm -hmm. i was like we were talking about how like 2020 kind of a weird year Mm -hmm. because festivals were like online and it was more accessible. So it's mm-hmm. like, where do you, but anyway, I was like, depends on your audience and what you want, but that's a whole other discussion. But yes, yeah. the stylist, stay tuned for it. I really like it. And the very focused casual killer thing scares me more than I, killer clowns. I think <laughs> and, the last thing I ever wrote for my old site was a bottom 10 list. And it was oh. just Mandy 10 times. That's the only <laughs> oh, thing no. it was. Well, like that was I, the joke. Mandy's so fun. If you're, if. I think that movie so much. I think. I've gone or I think I hate it so much I've come around on it and it's like just my persona now it's like a yeah it's like point. a joke to hate thing. it yeah I I really enjoyed Mandy when I mm-hmm. saw it in theaters because it was what I wanted out of it that might be an example of we had this discussion about movie theaters before mm-hmm. um and like what you lose without the theatrical experience yes. that might be a really good example of nothing that the, the Pet Cemetery from 2018 might be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Seeing it at a festival and also reading all the hype on it post it coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so, I'm like, this is going to be totally my jam. Mm-hmm. And I remember I could have driven to Boston to see it, but like I now live just far enough away where that can be a pain sometimes. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I've got a hundred inch screen projected at home. I'll just do that. And I think seeing, even though it was like a huge picture and yeah. really in like great sound, maybe I lost something because I wasn't with like a crowd. There's so much that you lose. Like there's mm-hmm. so much to be lost about crowd screenings in so many movies. Mm-hmm. And like, even now, like when, even before I was like attending festivals professionally, I always went to festivals. Like I mm-hmm. love it. And I love festival movies and there's so many that I'm like, you know, they come out two years later and I want everyone to watch them. But then I'm kind of like, you're not going to get the experience that I had. And like yeah. one of the best examples of it is um, when I saw it, it was called Hardcore. Now it's called Hardcore Henry. Yes. When mm-hmm. I saw the Hardcore Henry. Picture, yeah. yeah. So I saw it at the, tra- uh, sorry, at, um, at TIFF for mm-hmm. Midnight Madness, which is like, in my opinion, the best crowd to see movies with. Mm-hmm. TIFF Midnight Madness is what's up. And I think a lot of filmmakers would agree, but maybe I'm just full of myself. Um, and the crowd was like going wild. And it's like, it's, you know, the single shot bit where it's mm-hmm. like GoPros and you're watching it in a crowd on the big screen. It was like totally berserk and like a total thrill ride. And when I recommend to people to watch it at home, I'm like, I don't know if you're going to like it on Netflix, on your couch with your phone no. in your hand. Like, I don't think that you're going to get anywhere near the experience that I did watching it a crowd on a big screen in a dark room while we're shouting. Like, absolutely. I, yeah. I, so I, yeah, for sure. And I think Mandy definitely, that. if I watched Mandy at home, I might've been like, what the, what is this? Yeah. I can totally see that. So I know that like my experience is definitely colored by that. And also like 
just hype in general. Sometimes the mm-hmm. movie gets so hyped up and then by the time you get to see it, you're like, that was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, that's so. why I try to, if there's something I'm interested in that I don't want to watch right away, I will mute heavily because I don't want to see anything about it. I just want to go in oh, as clear as strategy. I can. And I'm, I'm a mute. My mm-hmm. like muted words is dense Long. and thick and heavy. <laughs> so I want to be respectful of your time because I know you no, have other okay. things to do. So um one of the like with getting back to Krampus. The Krampus, that, the movie we um, are talking about today. I love these tangents. The movie we <laughs> ostensibly came to like talk about because you've given us your money to talk about this movie. Um which we've done a little bit. So you know listen, it's a it's a show. Like, it's our show. The, if you're the two dollar tier, you're like, I've got enough Krampus talk. If you're the ten dollar yes. tier, you're like I feel about six dollars and thirty-eight. Yeah, we got more Krampus of, talk for you. The best yeah, kills. No. So um, the um yeah. I when I one of the things that jumps out is like even when this movie is really horrific, they add a lot of comedy to it. And I don't right. know sometimes that those that tone it doesn't work. Like the gingerbread scene, it feels a little bit too gremlinsy to me at time at a movie that doesn't necessarily want to be gremlins. Um Although I do love the bit with that dog, like jumping up and well, you don't see the dog eat it. You just see the aftermath of like this gorgeous French bulldog, like um, licking his chops. I love French bulldogs. Like, yeah. oh, it's not a free, just a bulldog, not a French bulldog, just a bulldog. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good, there's so many mm-hmm. good bits. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you're right. Like it, it does stay funny if you're mm-hmm. like the sick type of person that yeah. thinks trick or treat is funny. Like the whole way through it's the kills are funny because it's a Jack in the box. It's a gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, you know, there's the teddy bear. Oh my God, that teddy bear. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, they're hilarious. It's mm-hmm. funny and they're practical puppets. So it's funny, but it's, but it's dark. Like usually those types of scenes, you expect the kid to like kick the teddy bear in the head three times mm-hmm. and run away. But that is not what happens it's here. not what happens here. And <laughs> then you have like, what really stood out to me is a scene where the elves break into the home and a really awesome scene. And it's very horrific. And they steal the baby, which is oh, like yeah. the one thing you never touch in a movie. Like babies generally. We talked about how in Final Destination 2, how... Timmy was originally seven years old and they're like, uh, we cannot have a seven-year-old crushed by a 600 pound plane of glass. As yeah, hilarious like, no. as that sounds. This is like a can't even walk yet baby. And it's steal it, stolen by elves. You know that like nothing good is going to come of that. Like that's your Christmas ham right there on the, on the, for these elves at that point. Yeah, That's immediately undercut by like the aunt Dorothy getting dragged out as well and she's like i'll see you in hell and when she's dragged out it has like a warner brothers cartoon noise behind it yes played for humor and i think that where the film to me sometimes goes astray is when it relies like too heavily on that like here's this really really dark bit and 30 seconds later here's a chuckle for you and it's totally too much all over the place that's funny that you think like that's an interesting read like my read was much more like oh my god this movie is so ruthless that it's gonna mm-hmm. do that and then be like haha <laughs> <laughs> like i read so it as almost much like more- they don't even know it's a joke because it's so ruthless it just yeah is. i almost read it as like rubbing in our faces mm-hmm. like this movie is gross and messed up so much so that we're gonna show something so horrific and then be like hee hee i do like it's a funny joke I that was like my that. whole um 
what do you, you we were talking off air of the design oh the other thing about the deaths is like they that when they escape into the snowstorm you don't just see them die you see like them say goodbye to one another and i think oh, that's what's God. really heartbreaking and and again, it's similar to like the end of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where even if Max were to escape, like if you could fire up the snowplow and drive off, like what would be left of that kid at that point? It's so heartbreaking and so sad. Yeah, the whole like surviving the trauma thing um, is there. It is really heartbreaking. This, the, the deaths are sad because it's like this family does love each other, even mm-hmm. though they're like my crazy family. It's very relatable. Yeah. We're like, you know, you talk about like, even like we were talking about earlier, like politics where it's like, oh my God, I can't, you know, my stupid ass uncle who doesn't believe in vaccines or whatever that you like, oh, I hate him, but like you still love him and he's your family. Right. And that's like mm-hmm. a thing that we all deal with. And I don't even think it's that hyperbolic here. It's very much like, oh, my family's so annoying. Mm-hmm. We still care about them, which is like the lesson of a lot of Christmas yes. movies, which is funny because this movie does kind of do that. It teaches us like, it tries to be like, I know your family is quirky and annoying and they bother you and they stress you out. But at the end of the day, you love them so much that when you're about to die, you're like, oh no. Yes. And- you sacrifice <laughs> yourself to save them. Yeah, and the movie gives us that, but then, like, does not give us the reprieve. Like, Mm -hmm. that's where, if there's anything that it circumvents, it's that it, like, it gives us the, you learn to love your family after all, Mm -hmm. or learn to know that you love your family after all, and then it's like, yeah, fuck you, you're gonna die anyway. And the best moment is with the kid whose name keeps escaping me. Um, Max. Yeah, Max, Maxipad. When he... Uh, he like comes to Krampus and is like take me let my family go mm-hmm. like I'm sorry for what I did by summoning you here mm-hmm. let my family go and take me instead that like self-sacrificing moment which in most movies I mean we yelled about it when we did our the Prometheus episode mm-hmm. when I was your guest about the self-sacrifice theme and you know it's usually seen as like the grace the most massive thing you can do is the Mm -hmm. self-sacrifice and it usually resolves everything and max is like take me instead like i learned my lesson and save them and krampus is like um and he has that moment where he kind of like touches max with his claw on the heart and he has that moment of like oh he's he's gotten through to krampus and then krampus is like lol jk i'm a demon bitch i'm gonna take you and your family yeah (laughs) it's like there's no bargaining here i'm this eternal demon hell demon (laughs) Yeah. to survive for centuries like you're a 12 year old boy he's like i'm All gonna this, take you yeah. and everyone and right. like it's so good it's such a good like circumvention and then of course there's the like little ending gambit um which is wonderful which is really just beautiful yeah. what a yeah what a, if, if this movie does survive to be a classic i think it's because of the strength of that last Oh yeah, because it does the whole like everyone's home and everything's mm-hmm. happy and it was all a dream uh, fantasy sequence. And then again, it's like, screw you, you're and in what it is, And there's an alternate ending, which almost is the same oh. thing, except only Max and grandma know that something is wrong. Like he opens up at the place the same way. He opens up the package and everyone else is still really happy and cheerful. And he knows something's wrong and grandma gives him a knowing look. What really makes this ending work is like the slow dawning horror on Tony Collette's face in particular, where she's like sandwiched with Max, sandwiching him and Adam Scott. And Adam Scott is great in it as well, but 
the look she gives is this one of like the slowly dawning horror of what has happened. Um, and you, and then when it pans out and you see that they're one family among hundreds in that his little workshop, what an ending. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you're going to hinge your movie on anyone's facial expression, mm-hmm. Tony Collette well, is the right Tony actress Collette's to select. If you have, yeah, she is the one to hinge that t- a small facial expression on. And uh, if you have Tony Collette hinging your ending on her final mm-hmm. facial expression, is a good choice. So, yeah, very excellent decision making on that part. What um, do you think of the design of Krampus? You had mentioned like the. I love the Krampus creature design. He looks like other representations of Krampus. I don't know a ton about uh, Krampus Mm -hmm. traditionally. We did like our background research um, Mm -hmm. and the movie does dive into it a bit, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert on the mythology, but of all the Krampus designs I've seen, that's what he looks like. What I think is really cool about this. And as far as I know, it was created about for the movie, aside from like, he's practical, which is Mm -hmm. amazing and things like that. uh, He wears a Santa mask. Yeah. Which I think is so neat for a few really key reasons. One, it's like one last bastardization of the anti-Santa is that he dresses like Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, it also is super scary to have this like melted Santa skin suit on his face is really, really scary. The other thing I really like about it is you're dealing with a practical monster and very often with similar monster designs, there's that deep breathy sound that they make that like when they're breathing Mm -hmm. you know what I mean that like growly breathy sound and it's usually put up against the facial expression where they're kind of furrowing and thinking do I want to kill you maybe I have a heart I don't know and I think what's really (laughs) I love your dogs oh my god three dogs a nightmare (laughs) Um, And I think what's really cool is that we can't see Krampus's face. So we never know what he's thinking. Yeah. Like we don't, we're spared the, like, especially the part with Max where he like touches his heart and thinks about it. Um, We don't kind of see him like maybe melting his cold heart. We just Mm -hmm. see this like mask with this tongue that kind of moves sometimes, which is like so effective because it's just like a beast with no face, but it's not no face because it's bad effects and it's not no face. And it's not a face that is trying to tell us too much. Mm-hmm. It's a mask. And I think that's just yeah. so, so effective. I yeah. love that. And the, having choice. it be like a Santa face too, I think is what really sell. Cause there's just, you know, the, we did very little looking into the background of Krampus, but just like, here's like four or five quick facts. Like he's considered like a buddy of, of old St. Nicholas. Like they're kind of like mirror, images of one another like opposite sides of a coin so it's kind of like if you melded them into one they would be two-faced um but like in the germanic tradition on december 5th like him and saint nick travel together and saint nick leaves like presents for the good kids and krampus like hits the bad kids with birch sticks and then stuffs them into sacks um yes not good and what would you know then it evolved to like kids would wake up on in the morning and they would go to their front door and they would either get like a bell or a boot. The bell, if you were bad, was left by Krampus. The boot would be filled with presents if you were a good child. Um, He predates the Germanic tradition, like the uh, stems from Krampen, which translates to blah, 
uh, and he was thought to be the mm. son of the Norse god of the underworld hell. Um, and now, like, what you're seeing in modern days is there's like the fe festival of Krampenslauf, which is basically in these little villages in Eastern Europe, drunk men dress up like Krampus and chase children around to try to scare them. That's a literal, great. that's a horror show. Which is awesome. So do you know how he, he got, he rose in popularity at the end of like the 19th century through postcards. Like he was depicted pretty much as you see him in the movie or like as like the goat in the Santa suit. Um, and they would like, you would send postcards of like, Krampus like hitting kids with birch sticks and putting them in bags. And then there were other ones where he would be kind of like hitting on buxom young women. Oh, um, there was one where like Krampus was like tied <laughs> up. Women. He was like tied up and like the St. Polly's girl is like hitting him with a stick. So you're getting into like, we don't want to kink shame Krampus. Like if that's your thing, totally mm -hmm. cool. But like those postcards became so popular that he rose in popularity in terms of like, families talking about him around the holiday season and then like this was the first of like 10 movies about Krampus that came out and like I feel like there's yeah. a ton of Krampus movies now because again it's hard to do an evil Santa and get like anyone to fund it but you can do like evil Krampus and it's like well okay it's a Christmas monster they're usually yeah. not very good he was popular for a bit there and it's funny like even when I mean this one's just called Krampus mm -hmm. So when you like search it, all the Krampus movies show up. And mm -hmm. I feel like every time I recommend it to someone, I'm like, make sure it's the, it's the Doherty Krampus, but because there's so many like weird, not as successful yes. Krampus movies. I make it a point to say, make sure Adam Scott's in it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, um, so I will leave you with this. What does it work? Does Mike Doherty's strategy to create a classic work for you? So I think it works for me. I think that like we saw trick or treat mm -hmm. become, I don't even know. I don't know how, how popular trick or treat was when it came out. I think it is a cult classic, but I could be mm -hmm. wrong if it was really popular at the gate. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but, but uh, yeah, as far as, you know, if he succeeded, I don't think he made another gremlins. Cause I, I think gremlins is kind of, it is what it is and it was yeah. kind of a lightning in a bottle situation it's one of those it's like the shining mattered because of when it came out it's kind of mm -hmm. one of those types of movies um so i don't know that he necessarily made gremlins but like i do think this movie could go all the way like i mm -hmm. do think that maybe it's not gremlins universal but i do think it's very telling that when people are like hey what holiday horror movie should i watch most of us are like try krampus if you haven't yes. seen it no. um it's only been five years i do think it has the potential to be one that like 10 years from now people still watch yeah. the cast is stacked it's like it's incredible. all it's very stacked it's all people who you recognize as comedy giants which is why they look so great mm -hmm. in a horror um like adam scott isn't exactly like a scream king but um I mean maybe Tony Collette now you associate with horror but like I you know you've got oh god what's his name who plays the uncle I don't know everyone in the movie is like is comedy giants so mm -hmm. it's not it's not something that will fade I really do think that it has like the potential to like go all yeah. the way I don't think it's gremlins but I think it's like pretty close I think it mostly works I think that like I said it's I think when you set out to create a classic then by its nature, you're going to fall a little bit short because yeah. it's it just, it's something that happens. But this is on a short list of movies 
that I'll watch for Christmas horror every season. But more importantly, like it is a movie that if somebody asks me, what should I watch for like a scary Christmas movie? It's going to be in that. And I'm like, they're not a strong horror fan. I'm like, you can enjoy this on a lot of different levels. Like the humor Mm. works, the acting is incredible. The effects are gorgeous. The aesthetic of this movie is incredible. Mm -hmm. So if that's your criteria, it's hard to say that like the movie um, doesn't work in that way. True. So listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed this bonus show for you. Uh, We heading into the new year, we're going to be expanding what we're offering our patrons. Um, Right now you'll see like the bits and bobs are up for all of you folks. And that'll be for the, five and $10 level going forward, um, starting in January. Uh, We have some like really fun stuff lined up heading into the new year. So I think like Lindsay has bounced some really cool ideas off me that we're on the same page on. And we, you know, my thing is to always give you folks more stuff because I can tell you like through your patronage, like you've helped improve the equipment that I use to record with, the editing software I use, um the research that we're able to do to like get into these movies like Mm -hmm. as opposed to just renting a movie for three bucks and taking notes like we're getting the special editions like i would not own urban legend final cut on blu-ray if it was you know wasn't (laughs) glad you do so i don't have to right actually no i like final cut that's unfair you know we do it because of your patronage that is so important to us so and like tell us what you want like we're all we're both pretty twitter active i know we've got the Mm -hmm. facebook group set up if there are things that you want to see or things that you love let us know Um, we might do each other we might do like a tier at some point where it's a bit more money but like once your contribution goes in, you get to pick the movie we do and guest on the show. And I think we would do that in the main feed so like more people could hear it. Um, but we want to do things like that. And I think next year we need to do more watch alongs and gaming. And I'm always up for stuff like that. Like if I'm sitting there watching a movie, there's no reason that we can't jump on with 10 of us and just start like chatting about it, you know? Um, yeah let us know if you like things like that things like live commentaries i know some people like commentaries um, while you're watching the movie um, which we can obviously do on our own time and send to you guys so yeah let us know what you guys want to see so here is my final gift to you it's a way if you're dealing with holiday stress right now here are a few tips you can do to kind of lower that and hopefully i I hate saying hopefully you're spending the holidays alone this year because that sounds mean Hopefully you're spending the holidays safely this year. If you're with family, hopefully you're in your own bubble and that everyone is safe and not getting sick. I know this year it's just my daughter and I and my wife. I forgot my wife. Oh God. It's just my wife, my daughter and I. And I think that's <laughs> Now it's be- just your daughter and you. Now yeah, go just, on. Now it's just me. Um, so some tips for dealing with the holiday stress. Please plan ahead. Um, know who's going to be there, how you like to deal with them, know your escape plan if you need to get away, Um, identify your triggers around your anger. Like if talking about politics with someone that has a difference of opinion politically with you, know what those triggers are so you can identify them early and make a plan for them. Write out your coping strategies like you know, if dealing with, if it helps you to deal with anger to like go for a walk or put on your headphones or get like spend 10 minutes alone, write them out ahead of time. 
and make a list of them so you can implement them right away. Um, finally, notice what's different now. If you're listening to the show, you're an adult. You're not a 10-year-old kid that can get sent to their room because you didn't eat your grandmother's like stuffing. Um, and like people can't talk to you like you're a child anymore. So, you know, remember that you're an adult and you have some control over a situation to escape it if it's really terrible. And remember, it's, I hate to say it's just one day, but you know, the holidays are just one part of the year. It will get through them together. Happy Christmas, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy new year if you're listening to this a week later. If you're a patron that comes upon us in July, happy 4th of July, whenever you're hearing this show. Um, thank you so much for like a really incredible year for us. And I really can't wait to like deliver you guys what we have next year. Thank you. Bye.